Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Ebert, and with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hello! Today we have some very special returning guests, our friends from Pixar, Chris Chua and Austin Madison. And I'd like to point out that Austin Madison was the one that drew us our awesome logo that is on our Facebook and Twitter and everything, so we want to thank him for that. If you haven't heard this uh, podcast before, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion. Yeah, so when we come back today, uh, a little bit later for the main topic, we'll be discussing the production of Monsters University and a little bit of the blue umbrella with those two. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases. releases this week. Uh, the first one I got sent by Warner Brothers is their Best of Warner Brothers 20 Film Collection Comedy. Uh, it comes out on July 2nd. It has, like it says, has 20 films in it. Uh, starts from 1935 with the Night at the Opera, the Marx Brothers film, uh, Stage Door, Bringing Up Baby, The Philadelphia Story, Arsenic and Old Lace, uh, The Long Long Trailer, uh, which had uh, Lucy and Desi Arnaz in it, The Great Race, Blazing Saddles, uh, The In-Laws, Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation, Risky Business, The Goonies, Spies Like Us, Beetlejuice, Grumpy Old Men, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Analyze This, Wedding Crashers, and The Hangover. Wow. And they all, and apparently it's only available on DVD, which I guess kind of stinks, because I would have preferred Blu-ray if I'm upgrading to like a box set like that. But uh, what I thought was funny is that they sent me that, but there was a box set that came out uh, a few days ago on the tr June 25th. It was the Best of Warner Brothers 50 cartoon collection, Looney Tunes. Now, you'd assume with our podcast they would have sent me that one instead of <laughs> instead of this one. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know, that's interesting. But I guess what I can kind of say with this is that a lot of the times with animation, they use live action and sometimes a lot of slaps slapstick comedy that's used in these films as inspiration for how they animate scenes in some of our favorite animated films. So that's how we can correlate this to animation with this. Uh, it, it, these are all classic films from Warner Brothers. I haven't, I had not seen a, a lot of these. Basically everything before 1974. So I had seen Blazing Saddles onward, but I hadn't seen like anything before that. I, actually, I think I had seen A Night at the Opera because I watched that in film school. Yeah. But... Other than that, I had hadn't seen a lot of them, so it was um, I was excited to actually get this so I could watch a lot of these. Uh, but <laughs> I, I saw someone say something about this box set. It's kind of sad that a box set that starts with a night at the opera ends with the Hangover. But <laughs> I don't. know. I mean, I enjoyed the the, the first Hangover a lot, and I I thought it was funny that the, actually the last two films in this are Wedding Crashers and then the hangover so they kind of have like the same somewhat uh, theme going on with that but if you have not seen a bunch of these films it's definitely worth picking up uh again i do wish it was on blu-ray instead of dvd just so you could have the higher quality video for it uh and then definitely if since you are listening to our podcast i would definitely check out the best of warner brothers 
50 cartoon collection, the Looney Tunes one that came out on June 25th. So I would definitely like to check that one out myself as well. So Sweet. Comes out July 2nd, uh, just a few days away from the time we're recording this. So definitely, if you enjoy your comedies, go give that a look-see. Uh, and the, the next thing, I, I got to go see a uh, early screening of Despicable Me 2 uh, this past Saturday. Jealous. <laughs> with with my son and then our friend Justin. Um, it comes out this Wednesday on July 3rd. And it actually, if you're listening in the UK, it already came out on the, the 28th. And one of our, our listeners uh, had asked why the, the UK had gotten it before the US. And the only thing I got to think of is that since July 3rd and that weekend, well, July 4th, that weekend is a big weekend for us in the US. That's probably why they wanted it for that weekend for us. Whereas it's not really a huge weekend in the UK for obvious reasons for why we're celebrating July 4th. Uh, but... So yeah, that's that's my my assumption for why the differentiating, you know, release dates in that. Um, but I I really enjoyed Despicable Me too. I think I actually enjoyed it more than the first film. Uh, it's interesting to see how much the animation progresses from the first film to the second. And I was talking about this with Justin is is like when you go like say you watch Toy Story and then you watch Toy Story two and then three, you can see how that the animation, uh, like the technology progresses and how much, how much better it keeps getting just like with Monsters University and Monsters Inc. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's cool to, to see what they've done and added that. And next year we'll see the minions again with their spinoff film minions that comes out in December of next year with Sandra Bullock playing the, the main human character in that. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of gives like a little bit of the origins for the minions in, in that film. But, Definitely, this film is worth paying the extra price for the 3D. Uh, they they use it really well in the film, and then there's some really good uses of it in the the credit scenes that they use it in. So, I would definitely suggest go watching this. And the minions are back in, in full force in this movie too. So, definitely awesome. check it out. Uh, the next one is, and like I don't remember if I said it, but yeah, Despicable Me 2 comes out July 3rd in theaters. Uh, the next one is the Robot Chicken DC comic special. Uh, have we ta- we've talked about Robot Chicken before when we did the Adult Swim episode, Yeah, right? a couple times. We've I think we've talked about Robot Chicken. Yeah, so this was, was pretty cool. If you're a big DC uh, superhero fan, it's cool to see, like, riffs on their characters. There's uh, never before seen cut animatics that are on the Blu-ray. There's cast and crew commentary. So you can hear like what Seth Green has to say like about like, the production of some of the episodes. <laughs> uh, there's a making of the, the special, so you can see like how it came about and how they do all the stop motion for it as well. There's a thing on here called Chicken Nuggets. I'll let you find out what that is for yourself. It's pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, house, there's tons of extras on here. There's stupid alter egos. Uh, the That's what it's called. Um, the... Robot Chicken DC Aquaman origin story, which is pretty funny. And then if you're a big fan of DC, again, there's a tour of DC Entertainment on there. And then there's also outtakes in a Q&A. So if you're a big fan of Robot Chicken and, D- and or DC, it's definitely worth checking out. It comes out on Blu-ray on July 9th. And the next one, we all, uh, Matt is going to love this one as well. <laughs> Wolverine Origin, a new motion comic from Marvel Knights and Shout Factory. Uh, oh, don't get me started. But 
this it's based on on the comic by by Paul Jenkins, Bill Jemus, Joe Casada, Andy Kubert, and Richard Eisenhove. Actually, uh, next time we ha- we have Asadan, we should ask him what he thinks about motion comics, since he seemed to be a big comic fan too. And since he's an animator, he might have like a, kind of like a perspective on that. Talking about it, uh, there's a bonus feature on here about a, a retrospective with the the t- creative team behind the comic. And if you didn't like X-Men Origins Wolverine, I would say check this out because it's a far better story than that the film was. But this is also timed, you know, with the Wolverine coming out in July. So, and if you're a big fan of Wolverine, it's definitely worth checking out just for that too if you haven't already read the story. But if if you're a big fan of motion comics like Matt, I would suggest just watching <laughs> or just reading the, the comic graphic novel itself, so. And the last but not least thing that we're going to talk about, we talked about this on our Adult Swim episode too, is uh, just like when Adventure Time came out on Blu-ray, we were excited about that regular show is going to be coming out on Blu-ray on July 16th. We might, it's still in the works, uh, either us or our our writer, Matt Hardiman, may be talking to the the creator of the show uh, coming up, so we're still trying to figure that out, but... Unless the, the Blu-ray comes out on July 16th, and it's got season one and season two on it, uh, it c- comes in this cool package that kind of looks like a like a photo album almost, and it's it's pretty neat the way they put it together. Uh, and then the special features on there is commentary on all 40 episodes, which is pretty awesome. They did the same thing with, uh, well, at least with season two of Adventure Time, they did commentaries on all the episodes. Uh, there's the on-aired regular show pilot, an animatic for the on-aired pilot, animatic for the power uh, original pencil tests. Cool. There's a CG test for the hodgepodge monster. There's a Comic-Con teaser trailer from 2010. Uh, the naive man from Lolly Land, student, student short, Sam Sings Mystery Karaoke, Party Tonight music video, uh, interview with J.G. Quintel, which is the man in question that we may be interviewing. Uh, JG pitches the power and then the original regular show commercials. So if you're a fan of regular show, that is definitely worth checking out purchasing. And then, like we've said before, animation always looks great on Blu-ray and that show is no exception to that. So that is our new releases for the week. We'll be back in a few seconds with our news. our news for the week uh the first bit of news is disney has released new mickey mouse cartoon shorts that have been debuting on the disney channel Uh, and if you also follow the disney shorts youtube channel you can check them out on there and also as of right now the the first that we had talked about a while back the croissant de triomphe is actually free to download on itunes so if definitely download that before it it gets taken off there and you have to pay the 2.99 for it uh but yeah, so starting this weekend between the 28th and the 30th, uh, so by the time you listen to this, it'll already be past this weekend, but uh, 8.30 p.m. this weekend, they're debuting the first three shorts. Uh, they played the Croissant de Triumph again. Uh, 
then they did the no service short and then the most recent one was mickey mouse and yodelberg uh and you can watch them all on disney channel or like i said itunes there's also on the disney channel mobile app and there's also a mickey video player mobile app which we haven't been able to find online yet but they're 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 pretty funny and they're all like in the same kind of style with um i kind of have like a 1950s 60s feel to them and according to the press materials, it says, with the slapstick feel of classic Mickey Mouse and contemporary direction and pacing, a series of cartoon shorts present, presents Mickey in a broad range of humorous situations that showcases pluck and rascality, along with his long-beloved charm and good-heartedness. Each cartoon short finds Mickey in a different modern setting, including Santa Monica, New York, Paris, Beijing, Tokyo, Venice, and the Alps. Facing a silly situation, a quick complication, and an escalation of physical and visual gags. The stories also feature genuine, heartfelt, and heroic moments as Mickey explores and experiences life with his comical partners, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, Daisy Duck, Goofy, and Pluto. Yeah, so, Matt, what do you think about these? I'm pretty excited to see, see more of these come out. Yeah, it'll be awesome. I mean, I, I enjoyed the ones that I've seen so far, so I can't wait to see the rest of them. Definitely. And and apparently there's supposed to be plenty of homages to classic Disney icons placed throughout the shorts, too. So they're, they'll definitely benefit from repeat watching to try to catch the little Easter eggs to to past Disney films and the parks as well. So Totally. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to our recommendations, because I wanted to talk about one of them in particular. Uh, the next one is Warner Brothers has revealed their planned slate of cartoon panels for Comic-Con. Uh, because it's that time of year again where Comic-Con is coming up in a few weeks uh, from July 18th to the 21st this year. And the Warner Brothers panels have been announced with uh, an animated skit, the animated skit show Mad, uh, which airs on Mondays from 8.30 to 7.30. Well, 8.30, 7.30 Central Cartoon Network. Uh, <laughs> and it's kind of a glimpse behind the show with the producers, uh, Kevin Schnick and Mark Marek. Uh, and then on July 21st, they're also doing a DC double shot with the upcoming CG animated Beware the Batman television series that premieres on July 13th at 10 a.m. on Cartoon Network. And then with two of the show's producers, Glenn Murakami and Mitch Watson will be there. And then that'll be followed by a screening and Q&A session with the current Cartoon Network hit Teen Titans Go, which airs on Tuesdays from 7.30 p.m. to 6.30 Central. And then... They're joining the Q&A session with producer Alan Hovarth and several shows voice acting accounts, including Greg Kipes and Scott Menville. So, and you can follow those locations stuff by staying up to date with like following at the WB.com on Twitter. And they also have a hashtag, which is WBSDCC, or just checking out their website. So if you'll be attending Comic-Con, definitely let us know if you attend any of the, the animation-oriented panels and anything maybe you found out about upcoming stuff from Disney and Warner Brothers and all the other animation studios that will be there exhibiting their stuff as well. And then the last bit is D23 has relaunched their website and they are now offering an uh, free membership level too, uh, which is pretty cool. So Matt, you should definitely check that out because not the fact that it's free, um, but <laughs> they have some things that are on there that are, are that are exclusive to like the gold and silver membership levels. Uh, my mom actually surprised me and signed me up for the silver membership level. So that was pretty cool. 
but I get, you can get like discounts at different places. And, but the other thing that you actually get with the free membership level too is that they're posting a ton of stuff that's exclusive to the D23 members on the website, uh, like uh, like Walt Disney's uh, like inspirations for different things at the park and uh, some like family photos of like you know researching things for films and just like and just different kind of things that have been in the archives that not maybe not a lot of people have seen or recently or ever so uh, yeah awesome and d23 is actually doing their their expo again this year from august 9th to the 11th uh i and, and stanford were, were actually got our press badges for it so stanford a writer for the site so i'm hoping that i can i can get out there to go and check out some of the festivities and i'm glad we're able to be getting some of these these press passes now that and we can cover stuff for the website so and i hope that that keeps going and we can cover more and more stuff for you guys to check out so yeah so definitely check out the d23 website and get your free membership now and that is our news for the week we will be back in a few seconds with our one and only new trailer trailers this week. Uh, the only trailer we have this week for you is uh, from Relativity Media's and Real Effects's film that's going to come out around Thanksgiving called Free Birds, uh, which stars the voices of Owen Wilson, uh, Woody Harrelson, and Amy Poehler, amongst others. Uh, it's coming out November 1st, 2013. And Matt, since you actually just got to see Monsters University today, uh, what did you think about the trailer for this in front of that? Well, I enjoyed Monsters University. <laughs> um, Free Birds, I mean, I'm not really... I, I would say I'm not sold on it yet. So I, I think I'll need to see a couple more trailers before I really uh, get into this movie. It, it just seems like some sort of, you know, like chicken run type. I don't know. It's... I don't know. Like a, like a not as good version of chicken run? Yeah, well... But with turkeys? It's like turkey run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, there's nothing that really just... There's like, a, you know, some good gags in the trailer, but it's just nothing really stands out about it to me. The, so The thing that I noticed in it was the, the guys in the, like, the yellow hazmat suits, uh, like they used that laugh thing, whatever they were doing in the trailer, oh, like yeah. way too many times. And it was getting to the point where I was getting annoyed by that. And and I feel like that the guy in the yellow hazmat thing is kind of getting overused with animation now, because like originally they used it in in Monsters Inc. for like you know the CDMA, uh, and obviously they're they they're going to bring it back in Monsters University, uh, and that they kind of used it a little bit in Escape from Planet Earth, but then but now they're using it again in the the Freebirds movie, so. I guess maybe it's an easier way of animating humans without having to animate their faces, maybe. But, well, at least for the movies that aren't the monstrous ones, because you don't need to animate humans with that stuff. But, uh, and I, I, I don't know, I like the kind of, like, the premise, I, premise of it with, you know, them trying to go back and uh, 
make sure that the turkeys aren't on the menu for Thanksgiving. And I'm I'm glad there's a Thanksgiving movie. So that's true. Uh, but I wonder how well the movie will play like outside of the U.S. for, you know, like box office wise. Considering like, at, at least our version of Thanksgiving is only kind of like a, a U.S. thing. I mean, the Canadians have a Thanksgiving as well, but I'm assuming theirs isn't. Their version of Thanksgiving isn't exactly the same as ours, so. It's very a United States based, yeah. I guess. Phil. I guess we'll have to wait and see how it does. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy the actors that are are doing the voices in the film. George, oh, George Takai is another voice actor in the film. So, uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see what's going on with this. Uh, what was funny is one of the people that comes to our sites, our, our site a lot, uh, said, "Although the film seems interesting, I have one complaint: Dwight Howard as a voice actor, NBA star Dwight Howard voicing a character in this." Sorry, that alone made this film lose a few points for me. <laughs> so, well, we'll see how that pans out. That's one person's reaction. Uh, so that that is our new trailer for the week. Uh, we'll be back in a few seconds with my and Matt's recommendation. recommendations for the week uh the first recommendation this week is the new mickey mouse short no service just came out i'll talk about it a little bit later with with austin and chris but i wanted to get your thoughts on it matt and see what you, you thought about it I, I actually i'm really liking the style of, of these mickey shorts yeah and i'm actually kind of liking like humor you want to expect disney to be doing more or less i guess like mm-hmm. it's like I guess it would be called quote unquote like kind of, kind of like vulgar at least for for Disney, with some of the stuff that's in in this. So what did, what did you think about? Yeah, I like it. It's it's you know edgy and um, you know it di- it definitely brought me back a little bit. I do like the style that it's done in, and you know the characters and like the voice actors really like bring me back. You know. Yeah. And uh, it, it, yeah, I really like it, and I I can't wait to see some more of these. Definitely, and, and like we said earlier in the show. Uh, the first three are available on iTunes to download right now, too. So what's your recommendation for the week, Matt? So my recommendation for the week, um, kind of like last week's recommendation, I've been exploring this kind of newer technology to make, uh, like, videos. And what it is is, uh, you know, through, um, you know, stuff that I've been doing at work, I've been uh, filming um, aerial footage. So, uh, you know, I built this, uh, w- what they're called, multi-rotor rotor, uh, helicopters, and they're just RC helicopters. And I've just been kind of tuning it and, uh, you know, adding all these parts onto it. And it shoots, um, you know, we use a GoPro Hero 3 to shoot footage with it and you would it's just we've been getting like jaw dropping footage from it so this is just uh my recommendation is a piece that i put together and uh you know a lot of guys have been putting this type of footage on the internet from these quadcopters and i've been trying to put my own 
kind of spin on it with the editing of the footage I've been taking and, uh, you know, throwing it to some uh, music and kind of, it's sort of animating, but you're like cutting clips together and you're kind of trying to find clips that'll work with the music. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm putting these clips to like music cues and uh, just creating something, uh, you know, interesting with music. So with this, it's really new and it's a really interesting thing. So I, I would recommend everyone to check it out. And that's really what I've been working on in my spare time, time lately. So check it out and uh, let me know what you think. Definitely. I, th- I thought it was pretty cool. I liked the way you edited it together. There was like one shot like where like you, fr- you sped up the frame to kind of go with like this little rift in the music, which I thought was cool. Uh, like when you were going up a tree, I, I liked that, and I'm I'm pretty excited to see the other video even you had shot that you've been telling me about. So yeah, there's a secret. <laughs> I shot some secret footage, and it, hopefully I'll have it released um, with some music. It's I'm gonna try and make it more of a documentary because it was a huge, huge flight. So uh, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully I'll release that as well. Awesome. Cool. So that is our recommendations for the week. And when we have Austin and Chris on in a, a few minutes, we'll be asking them their recommendations too. So we'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic for the week. We're talking with Chris Chua and Austin Madison. Main topic for the day, guys, we're going to be talking about the production of Monsters University and a little bit of Blue Umbrella. Uh, we have our, our good friends returning that we've had on. It's kind of become like an annual thing now with, with you guys. Uh, uh, Mr. Christopher Chua and Austin Madison. Hello. Hey, guys. Yeah, and thanks for coming on again. We always enjoy having you guys on and discussing the latest and amazing Pixar film with you guys. Uh, sure, great sure. to be here. So, first, first off, uh, I just wanted to congratulate you guys on the film being not only number one last weekend, and its first weekend at the box office, but also number one this weekend too. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's uh, and we were curious how uh, it was going to do. I know there was a lot of positive buzz because it's been a long time since a family movie's come out. I think the last one was, uh, what was it? Uh, was it Despicable Me 2 or... Uh, epic. Epic, maybe? Yeah. Epic, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so I think that definitely uh, played in our favor that uh, there's kind of nothing for people to take their kids to right now. Yeah. And it, it was kind of interesting to have the Monsters vs. Zombies at the, at the box office last weekend, too. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. And what was on... pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Third, always uh... been on Monsters, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, yeah, like you said, the World War Z did surprise me. I was expecting it to be very, very bad. But did you, yeah, did you guys follow any of the, uh, like, the behind-the-scenes stories? I know there's like a, there's a ton of behind-the-scenes kind of turmoil, kind of between like Mark Forster and Brad Pitt, and then they had to have Damon Lindelof come in and rewrite the ending to the movie. Right. So that's kind of why Matthew Fox is in the movie, 
in like a part that basically anybody could have played because he has like two lines and maybe like two minutes of screen time. Right. So, which is kind of funny by having Damon Lindelof come in, you get rid of more of Matthew Fox's screen time. Oh, did he uh, edit him out basically? Well, I guess like in the in the original ending of the film, like he had a bigger part that kind of set it up more for a sequel and made his character bigger than it actually was within the movie that we saw. So, yeah, cuz the cameo I saw his I mean, I kind of I, I noticed him really quick. I didn't know he was in there, but his face was pretty much covered by I think the back of Brad Pitt's girlfriend's head or something, but I just kind of recognized his voice. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a interesting film. But but enough of zombies. Let's talk about monsters. Uh, so, how long did either of you uh, work on uh, Monsters University for? I, I guess uh, Kristen and Austin. Sure. Um, I worked on. Um, I pretty much rolled onto it shortly after I worked on. Uh, shoot, what was the last thing? Brave. Um, I right before I started on Monsters, though, I helped out a little bit on uh, Blue Umbrella, just kind of doing some test development animation on that, um, doing some hand-drawn 2D eye blinks and expression tests. Um, didn't really animate on Blue Umbrella, but then uh, right uh, after I did all that development, I hopped on to, to Monsters, and this was probably around, uh, I'd say, April, mid-April of last year. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it must and be were exciting. You on, uh, were you on Monsters for the whole show? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I think I, I wrapped like pretty much this past March. Damn. So almost That's... a year. Yeah. Oh, man. I pretty much had the opposite where I, I worked pretty much whatever the minimum was to get on the credits. <laughs> <laughs> I think like that. And then Austin bailed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this isn't, I can tell this is not going to be a good one. And I was out of there. I tried to work on, I tried to work on Man of Steel. I turned in an animation reel and it wouldn't have me. So, <laughs> no, I, I pretty much spent most of the production uh, in uh, story training, but I did work on um, a Monsters University uh, short film that's going to be coming out uh, called Party Central. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that'll be on the Blu ray, probably? Uh, yes. That's, that was the plan, anyway, was to, for it to be a, uh, a, a Blu ray feature. So. Um, do you animate on it at all? Awesome. Yeah, I did. That's um, that was my first uh, storyboard project, and then I animated a really like one character like towards the very end. Okay, I probably won't even be credited. It'll be just kind of like an inside thing. But yeah, awesome. Yeah, Matt. Cool. So, um, Chris, going back to like the blue umbrella, uh, what was it like mm -hmm. uh, with the like the photorealism and understanding like the animation? Like, was how many like tests did you go through, or what was the process for that? Uh, well, that that's a really interesting question because the the whole photorealism thing, we we knew that's kind of how it was going to look, but mm -hmm. uh, we were pretty much just concentrating. Well, I was at least kind of uh, my task was to kind of do like these two D eye blinks. Um, I don't know if you guys seen my uh, short films at school, but a lot of my characters had those dot eyes. Um, uh -huh. You know, really simple, like no pupils, no irises, or just kind of like the Charlie Brown dot eyes. And they're like, oh, you know, you did those those films at school. Why don't you try doing a 2D test? Um, and just to kind of see how they're going to look on these umbrellas. 
so I did a couple of those um, using our, you know, kind of sketch program at work um, on the Cintiq. Uh, I spent only really like a couple of weeks uh, on it um, where I, I would draw like on top of like the actual geometry umbrellas that were kind of moving around really roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they, they really, they, I guess they liked the look of it. And um, I, I also sent them some of my inspirational things that I really like, uh, you know, like Charles Schultz, Peanut stuff, and uh, Pocoyo, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Uh, those characters are, are really, really charming, and they do very little with their uh, eyes and expression. So um, I, I kind of, I'd like to say I helped out a lot more, but that's kind of pretty much all I did on the we used, show. Uh, we used Pocoyo as inspiration on, uh, what was it, Up? Is that one of the original? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. Back when Up was supposed to be a little bit more stop-motion-y, a little bit more kind of caricatured. Huh. Um, I think that was well, one of the influences. Well, Pete really loves, uh, Pete Doctor really loves the the cartoony, really charming, simple style. Um, and he, you know, he's a big fan of the Muppets. And mm-hmm. he, even if his, even if the animation is never going to look like that, I think he's always just like, you know, push it to be simpler and, and uh, more charming, I think is his general note. But anyways, back to Blue Umbrella. Um, yeah, that was pretty much the extent that I worked on it. But the whole realism aspect never really factored into it. Yeah. Because, you know, that's all like in lighting and shading mm-hmm. and everything. Well, that's really cool. It seems like they really ran with your idea then, because they did do the uh, the simple eyes then. Well, I mean that that had always been there. Like yeah. the the design was always there, but they just kind of wanted to get the aesthetics. You know, it's like it's one thing to get a character looking to the left and the right with with you know eyeballs, but what happens if it's a <laughs> dot eye? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you kind of have to do that curly cue kind of on top of the eye to kind of give the directionality and, and all that stuff. It, it was just kind of like, you know, giving them a lot of notes about, uh, oh, you know, if it moves too far to the, the right, uh, but you don't turn the umbrella, it's going to look like just a floating, you know, huh. dot over it. So you kind of have to incorporate the, the turn on the head as well, just to kind of to emphasize that head turn. So just little things like that. Yeah, that's really I, cool. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'd done like three films in school that kind of dealt with characters that had dot eyes. So I was like, oh, you know, that's a severe limitation, but it, it can also really work in your favor because it can look really charming if if you do it right. Awesome. I know there had been uh, some talk about the dot eyes versus the eyes of kind of found objects, like everything else in that world. Yeah. The eyes are kind of right. part of <clears throat> the architecture or whatever, but... It's funny that that was a debate because in Finding Nemo, like half the fish have regular eyes and then like Peach the starfish and all the seagulls have dot eyes and nobody really, you don't even think about it twice. <laughs> it's just kind of, you know, it works for each character on an individual basis. Right. Yeah. That's, oh, cool. that's really interesting. Uh, in, in Monsters University, were there any scenes that I guess either of you had <clears throat> started to work on that that maybe didn't end up in the film. I mean, I know usually when you get into animation, they've already like decided what scenes are going to be in there, but I don't know if maybe there was any scenes late in the game that kind of got cut out. Uh, Chris? 
Uh, to my knowledge, not that I know of, that that I worked on. Uh, I mean, most of the time, you know, we we do our shots kind of under the duress of just like, okay, we, you know, this is this is locked. This is, you know, we're on it on our schedule, and it's got to it's got to, you know, uh, come out when it needs to come out, just because of the tight schedule, that kind of stuff. So when when there are kind of cuts or or what have you it it's a little bit more on the editorial side where you you might deliver a shot longer um and they'll kind of work around that in editorial just to kind of find a cut point but um on my end i i didn't have any shots that got taken out yeah i, I did have an interesting kind of turnaround on a, a couple of shots where uh mike and sully run into uh hard scrabbles famed scare can and the scare can goes shooting off and it goes shooting all around the room and they kept like being not sure about oh does what should the velocity and the path of the scare can be how quickly should it be ricocheting so it's funny it was just like a whole week of animating this scare can flying around and i don't know if you guys know but these sort of cool particle effects and you know uh all the scare gas comes later so they're just seeing this yellow can go shooting around the room so i kind of uh was like, well, let me let me just take the same animation, and before I change it again, let me just draw in what I think the gas should look like. And I did kind of a Wile E. Coyote, Acme-style um, gas trail of this thing shooting all around the room, and it's funny how that added so much momentum and, huh. and uh, energy to it. So it, that's not necessarily something that would have been cut, but it's something that would have been possibly made into another version. But just, you know, kind of doing some temporary animation is really funny, like just very basic you know, cell animation on top of the 3D really kind of helps sell the idea. Uh, so that's just an occasion where you kind of simulate what will happen later on down the yeah. pipeline to kind of prevent yourself from having to do unnecessary changes. Yeah, I, I will say, though, that uh, a lot of people had so much fun on the animation side that by the end, people were doing uh, a version, like joke versions of, <laughs> of certain shots. Uh, like one good example that I... I just popped onto the top of my head is uh, that scene where it's a really quick shot of art kind of uh, in the library when they're trying to get the attention of the librarian. He kicks the, the papers off the desk. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I forget who the animator was. I think it was, uh, man, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the, this animator had done like five different versions and they were all freaking hilarious. You know, <laughs> there's, there's one of him kind of like scooching his... Uh, his butt on the table, like a, like the, how a dog oh, would, yeah. would kind of scrape their butt <laughs> on the carpet. Um, you know, just him acting like really silly. And it, it kind of became like a smorgasbord for, for Dan because sometimes a lot of these animators would do these amazing, you know, like quick one-offs of just like five different versions of something. And he'd be like, oh, I think I like this one. And, you know, what do you guys think? So there was a couple of those. That's cool. That's that's pretty cool. Art definitely yeah. seems like the character that you could do the most kind of like cartoony kind of things with in the movie too. Oh, totally. Cool. So, uh, Austin, now that you're a story artist, uh, what does your new position require to do that you know maybe animating didn't? Oh, it's totally different. It's uh, you know as a story artist, you're spending a lot more time. Uh, all together in a room brainstorming and you know it's much more the blue sky sort of phase where in animation uh, a lot of the time is just like you know you get kicked off on a shot uh, you spend your time animating you bring it to dailies get some feedback um, 
in in story, I think it's a little bit more about uh, you know debating things and everybody presenting ideas, and it's uh, it's very interesting. It definitely exercises a different part of the brain, which is pretty cool. So awesome, yeah. Uh, and so, are, are you are you doing that for for Monsters University too, or where you, did you start doing that for Good Dinosaur? Uh, Good Dinosaur is going to be my first feature. Uh, yeah, Party Central would, was the first project I kind of saw saw through from b- beginning to end, and that's being directed by Kelsey Mann, who was the head of story on um, Monsters University. So that's his first kind of directorial project, which is completely done now. looks amazing. It's super funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Good Dinosaur is the first one that's the uh, first feature I'm kind of working on so that's that's pretty educational awesome it's it, yeah things are very different when when you go from <laughs> a short film world to a feature length world because you're it's not just that you're juggling things on a bigger scale it's like there's totally different mechanics at work i would relate it to a water droplet versus you know a river right there's total different it's they're oh, both wow. water. there's you know water droplet has surface tension and it all kind of contains itself where you know, river is just, you're kind of at its mercy and, uh, you know, you're just kind of going with the flow and trying to channel it the best you can. Wow. So, um, so how did production on MU compare to like past projects you've worked on Chris Austin? And I remember, um, one of the last times we had you on the show, uh, I was talking about like, you'd had like, uh, someone in like the room next to you listening to music over and over. Is there any like stories like that? Like again on this? Uh, well, I mean, I think the, the huge difference on, on monsters was just the sheer, uh, character count. Uh, I mean, you, you know, you, you set a movie in college automatically, you have your protagonists and then all of a sudden in the background are the, the fraternity guys that they're kind of with. And that already adds like five characters right there. And then beyond that, if they're on the campus, you know, there's the, the background uh, students kind of milling around. So it's just, I, I think sheer character count, um, you know, really brought the department down on its knees uh, on this one. It, it's just, yeah, it, it was insane. Yeah, I remember like the first shot when he comes on campus, I couldn't believe how many characters were on screen at one time. Yeah, I mean, definitely the, the crowd team on, on this show was you know, they were the heroes. Yeah, I saw in the, the art of book that, like, uh, at one point basically decided on just, like, ten different kind of species of monsters so and then kind of differentiate those species so that way you weren't basically coming up with, like, thousands and thousands of different monsters and uh, making it basically harder. Yeah, and I, I think they did a great job. You know, there's that... that uh, online kind of build a monster thing that um, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but yeah. you can kind of switch and swap, you know, different uh, legs and heads and arms and you know horns on on a monster. And I I think that's you know I don't I don't want to oversimplify it, but you can kind of imagine that's sort of like what they did. Um, and I think they they did an amazing job. You know, I, I try to spot like the same monster within a, a frame, and a lot of times they're varied enough so that it does look really interesting and doesn't take you out of it. Very cool. So if you guys had to pick uh, a favorite new character from, from Monsters University, who would you pick? Uh, I guess Austin and then Chris. Oh yeah, definitely Art. 
that uh, I wish I had a chance to animate on that guy. That's kind of my one regret. He's such a funny dude, and it's cool to see. I mean, Chris was talking about, you know, the simplicity and the charm of uh, the sort of world that Pete Doctor has set up and that Dan Scanlon has inherited, and I think he's, like, the epitome of that simplicity, but it's uh, it's not so simple that you lose character. <clears throat> he's very kind of reminiscent of something you might see from Ardman or some you know, European stop-motion film with a sort of uh, circular tube lips and uh, really bulgy eyes, and that's about it. You know, like, that's kind of all you need for for good acting, and uh, the crew of animators that worked on him is, like, a testament to, uh, you know, doing the most you can with with the least that you have, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree. Art is definitely my favorite uh, new character, um, and I, I just love how he looks like a, a mashup of, like, you know, total Muppet style and Ardman, you know, with those, with those like kind of that rainbow mouth thing, yeah. um, you know, sausage, sausage lips, I guess. And, and the, uh, it's, I'm trying the, to think uh, of a book for that. It's like, yeah, what is, what's called? I think sausage lips is a, a good sausage lips, yeah. description yeah. and, and the, uh, kind of like the rounded off teeth, you know, yeah. he's so fun. And I saw that, like he went through like a lot of different versions too. And then like, finally, yeah. uh, just decided like on the, like drew like the letter A, and then basically that was art. Yeah. So I thought that was cool too. Uh, yeah. And, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, I just kind of wanted to add to that. Uh, there's there's an aesthetic from the from the original Monsters Inc. where you know Sully's fur was so uh, labor intensive to kind of simulate and and expensive and just time consuming that uh, he ended up pretty much becoming the only monster in that world with fur. And I think it's really interesting that they even even, you know, in this new version in Monsters U, they you know obviously we've got a lot more processing power and we can do a lot more fur if we need to, if we needed to. But um, it, it's a great decision on Dan's part and Ricky's Ricky Nierva, who was pr- production design uh, character designer on the show, that they they still kind of stuck with that. You know, like. It's not all of a sudden you see like millions of characters with fur. It's still really contained um, to just Sully and, and a couple of other side characters. I guess that's I the reason that Jar Jar isn't a Wookiee, right? <laughs> they had them there you go. Too expensive. Too expensive. <laughs> Yo. Uh, and then did either of you get to animate on any of any of the new characters, either in that short or in the film, respectively? I'm sure. What? Yeah. What did you work on, Chris? What did you? Uh, which characters did you animate? Uh, I pretty much ended up uh, animating all the the Uzma Kappa gang. Um, I didn't get a chance to animate uh, Hard Scrabble, but uh, yeah, a lot of times they would just give me a shot where it's like, okay, here's the Uzma Kappa gang. Have fun. Uh, I'll be like, oh great, I'll see. You, I'll, I'll see Hopefully you in a Terry month. Terry is shot from the waist up. Yeah. Oh man. I, I see. I lucked out on that because I did get a waist up shot of Terry Terry, and uh, I I think I had like one shot of of them all kind of walking, uh, you know, to to back to their house, and it's it's the sequence right before the girls pull up in the car, and they're all kind of like, oh yeah, you know, we're, we we did it, and uh, and they're all kind of walking by the sidewalk and. I, I ended up just using a, a Terry Terry walk cycle, and I, I just tweaked that. So I was like, whew. I have a, I have a question out. on that shot. The uh, It sounds like the temp track for that is uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Did you get a chance to hear that temp track at all? Uh, 
You know, I I think it was always that uh, music that ended up in the film. Okay. As long as I can remember. Because that was actually specifically written for for it. Right. It's like a it just sounds like it's totally poppy song. emulating that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I'm sure it's totally that. For the, the, girl, the, the pink uh, sorority girls. Right. And that's kind of a funny story is uh, I know that they had a lot of trouble uh, with the music, the 80s music. Uh, you know, uh, when you get a film composer and professional, you know, symphony players... They're, you know, they're amazing. They can pick up sheet music and play it to the T, but when you have fun sort of rock or punk or 80s sort of montage music, you kind of have to go off the off the hinge a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, orchestra players have a tough time doing that. So I know that that was one of the challenges to the movie is getting a really fun, uh, like, genuine rock sound to a lot of, like, the period music. Oh, wow. uh, so yeah, if you ever get Dan Scanlon on on the podcast, that's a question you should ask him: is the uh, the music because I know they had a lot of fun, uh, and I know for Party Central, you know, it's basically use McCappa throws a big party, and uh, Kelsey, uh, he didn't use Randy Nelson; he used the new composer. Um, and you they mean Randy Newman. What's that? You said Randy Nelson. I think you meant Randy Newman. Oh yeah, Randy Newman. Right. <laughs> uh, Randy Nelson used to be the dean of Pixar University, a very different university, but. Uh, yeah, Randy Newman. Uh, he's a, new, uh, a, a whole new composer, and I know they went through a lot of iterations on the music for the short as well, just to get, like, you know, you're trying to replace a temp track that's full of ACDC. How do you possibly replace ACDC, you know, and keep that energy level up? You get so. a Tangerine Dream. Yeah. <laughs> Evangelis. There you go. <laughs> Is that, that was a legend reference, right? Yep. Amazing. Awesome. You know, there's so, always Bon Jovi, Chris. There is always Bon Jovi. Plays of glory. Very funny. So, what was um, your favorite scene to animate, or what was, like, the one scene you wish you could have animated? Austin, why don't you take that one first? Um, I only really animated one scene, so that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I animated uh, the little little baby Mike when he first meets uh, the uh, the scares at uh, Monsters Incorporated when he's just a kid and he's kind of all wide-eyed. Uh, so, which was great. I loved that scene and it was just, you know, it was kind of, I've definitely been there before. I, I remember visiting Pixar for the first time and having that feeling of like, oh, these are the guys. Oh, um, and as far as scenes, scenes I would have loved to have animated, um, I love all the... Uh, the stuff at the very end when they're having the last uh, scare game and every, you're getting to see everybody scare their own way. I think that was amazing how they took art and made them scary. Obviously, squishy, squishy zombie stare is the funniest <laughs> thing ever put on celluloid. Yeah. Um, and, and really well set up throughout the whole film. So, yeah, I'd say that would be a, that would have been fun to see, a fun scene to animate. Awesome. Yeah, the the scenes that uh, for me that I were my favorite were probably uh, at the end where the the scare games where they uh, Don comes up to the starting line and Art Art's all uh, you know I think he's saying uh, man, I don't remember the line now I've listened to it for so many times um, <laughs> he's like oh he, he says unleash the beast Don that that's it uh, and then Don's all okay then uh, <laughs> so he's does that um and the scene that i wish i had animated but probably wouldn't have done as great a job is uh squishy kind of doing the lasso dance because every time i see 
which is done by uh, the great Dan Wynn. Um, he was the the lead animator on, uh, or he was the lead uh, fix uh, animator for the fix crew, and they kind of handed him these couple of shots, and he just totally nailed it and hit a home run with, with these shots. And Scott Clark did uh, Sully in those scenes, right? Yep. Yep. It's just amazing. Even because Sully is the perfect counterpart to that animation as well. Sully's yeah, reaction. You see, you totally... see how he reacts, and he's just totally still. And yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, so... it's fun too to see a character like Sully, who who can be very one note and very just earnest, especially like in the first film, to see him be a little bit unlikable. You know, I th- yeah. I know that the um, they struggled with that in the story. I, I know the story artists were really pushing for Sully to be unlikable. And there's always an allergic reaction uh, to that because it's like, well, this is everybody's supposed to like, you know, um, James P. Sullivan. He's supposed to be a furry, you know, it's Kitty. But yeah. I think for a for a prequel, you have to give the character somewhere to go. And uh, since it was Mike and Sully kind of being at odds, whenever they tried to make Sully really likable, it made Mike seem like a jerk because it uh, made him seem too competitive and too much of a, uh, a goody two shoes. So I know that was a, a big challenge was, you know, okay, if we're in Mike's shoes, we have to just try making Sully a jerk. Mm. And once they did that, it actually made him so much funnier. Cool. Awesome. Uh, and then, like Matt kind of mentioned earlier, is there any behind-the-scenes kind of stories from from this go-round that you guys wanted to share, like anything that kind of stands out? Anything that stands out? Hmm. Well, we know Chris, you might have some stories from the scare games. Yeah, we well uh, to just kind of make the production fun. Uh, the the PAs and and sort of the production people had started doing these scare games where they split up the entire animation department into the the respective frats and sororities that were kind of in the film. And so we had all these like kind of collegey games like beer pong and. Uh, was he, some other ones, uh, Austin? Do you remember? Flip Cup. Oh, Flip Cup. Yeah. Flip Cup was huge. Uh, and uh, yeah, we so we ended up like kind of bracketing all these different uh, sororities and frats, and kind of you know, eventually one of us won it. I, I don't really remember which one, but uh, I think it was that was it was, uh, was it Roar or no, it was Eek or Hiss? Because that we actually divided into the real. Uh, Monsters University fraternities so that you had roars were all kind of the douchebags and (laughs) Hiss, it was like the guys who were in Hiss actually wore black makeup and they embraced the whole goth feel. Well, the the roar guys were awesome because they got all these like emblazoned, you know, the the roar things, the logos emblazoned on their shirts and then they flipped up their collars too. So they totally went for like, yeah, that was amazing. That's one of my other regrets is I was Roar, and then I had to go to Story, and then they got their amazing shirts. So I totally Aww. missed my Roar shirt. I, I I was basically Sully. I got kicked out of Roar. Unbelievable. Oh, man. Oh, you got one of those You got one of those cool uh, Story jackets, though. I did. That, that. Yeah, that's true. Thank <laughs> you. That's awesome. Awesome. So is there anything you guys can share on uh, what you're working on next? Uh, well, let's see. I'm working on Good Dinosaur, which uh, is our next movie in the uh, roster. And uh, working with Bob Peterson and Peter Sohn, who are co-directing, uh, who, which is like 
you know, you just close your eyes and Bob Peterson is the voice of Doug and uh, Pete Stone is the voice of Squishy. So it's like you have Pixar characters telling you what to do all day long. It's really <laughs> surreal, really weird. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so just having fun. Obviously, you guys know how much I love dinosaurs. Okay. So it's kind of a <laughs> super dream. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm up to. Yeah, and uh, I'm finishing up working on the Toy Story uh, of Terror short that is directed by Angus McLean, and that guy is like a total, he's amazing. He, I, I, he's like the pickiest director that I've ever huh. worked with by a mile, and it's really good because, you know, I, I, it's great to have a director who knows what he wants, and his eye for animation is just insane. Uh, and, I, you know, I've learned so much kind of working with them and uh after that i will be going on to the good dinosaur so i'll probably be hopefully animating some scenes that austin storyboarded yeah that'd so be awesome man. so don't mess up austin <laughs> <laughs> i'll try to add as many characters in the shot as possible yes, for that. Thank i know you, you like that <laughs> awesome uh so l last time we had you guys on we, we kind of shared our recommendations of things that we had been watching and we had asked you to do do that last time too. So, was there anything this time you guys would like to recommend, uh, uh, Chris and Austin? Uh, I have. I'm kind of in the middle of like three or four different shows right now. It's kind of hard to base a recommendation. I've okay. So, I finally started watching the season, the fourth season of Arrested De Development. Uh, so, I'm in the middle of that. Um, I'm in the middle of House of Cards with Kevin Spacey, and that's really good, too. Um, what else? Oh, I've, I'm in the middle of uh, Game of Thrones Season 2 right now, and I know a lot of people are probably like, what? You're not finished with Season 3 yet? <laughs> but Have you, read, have you know, read the books? Uh, I've read the first two. Okay, so you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Nope. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I know just recently there was that giant, like, oh, my God moment in season three because everybody at work was, like, ready to talk about it until I, I told them to shut up. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, man, you got to watch that quick. Yep. So those three things I, I'm really, really into right now, and I recommend any any of them without hesitation. So Very cool. Cool, Awesome. Yeah, and I'd say, uh, actually for me, just to be different, I'll uh, do a comic book recommendation. Uh, I don't know if you guys read comics, but uh, Greg Capullo is uh, doing Batman right now. And, uh, you know, just doing story, getting back into drawing. Uh, I've been really inspired by uh, Capullo's work. Um, just like he, the way he stages comics is very cinematic, and it's not just your typical two talking heads or lots of punching scenes. He does a great job of kind of setting the tone in a comic book and especially an iconic character like Batman. He just does a really great job. So, uh, beginning a lot of inspiration from that. What, which uh, Batman is that one? It's, uh, the comic is just the Batman comic. It's just called Batman. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But he's been on it for, um, what's that year? Uh, no, two years maybe. Yeah. He's on like issue 22, I think. Nice. And, um, yeah, like a lot of the comics, some of the comics are just like, very dialogue-heavy, character-driven, but it's done really well, and some of it's very action-based. And as you guys probably could guess, those are kind of the two camps of, you know, animated scenes or, or film scenes as you have your character-driven scenes and your action-driven scenes. So 
it's cool to see an artist who doesn't skimp on the on the character driven stuff and really finds cool inventive ways to kind of stage that. Awesome. So, yeah. Nice. That. And then uh, there's another good comic. Uh, it's called All New X Men. It's being drawn by uh, Stuart Emonen, and it's just another guy who is just like this amazing draftsman, and uh, you know a lot of artists kind of skimp on the backgrounds. And the way he incorporates that, you know, the backgrounds are very much a character. Uh, it's kind of inspiring because, you know, again, as a story artist, you have to draw all the backgrounds. You know, it's something as an animator, you kind of, you know, as an animator, first thing you open up your shot, you usually kind of invis the background unless you really have to incorporate it. Uh, so as a story artist, it's like, oh, crap, I got to <laughs> I gotta remember all my uh, three-point perspective and all that stuff. So it's, it's been cool to dive back into that stuff. All new X Men's. That, that's the one that ha has like the original, uh, like group from like back in the '60s, and like somehow like like they time travel to right. nowadays and meet the the current versions of themselves. Yeah, and uh, Cyclops is evil, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, oh, and uh, just to round things out uh, uh, with a book, uh, I just finished reading this fun book called *Leviathan Wakes*, which is amazing. Uh, it's the first part of a three-part trilogy. Well, trilogy is three parts, but uh, it's called Leviathan Wakes uh, by James Corey, uh, which is a pen name for these two guys who, I guess one of them is George R.R. R. Martin's like assistant or scribe. Um, hmm. And it's actually really good. It's kind of like a combination of like a detective story meets aliens meets like serenity. Uh, but it's really like brutal and it kind of mixes some a lot of genres. So I you had me at George R. R. Martin's scribe. There you go. <laughs> I'm in. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to check some of these out. Uh, one of my recommendations that I was doing this week was are those new Mickey Mouse shorts that Disney is releasing. Have you guys seen? Oh, I haven't, I haven't any heard of those. This. Yeah, they're the flash animated ones, right? Yeah, like. They're kind of like an like an old school kind of style two D animation to them. Yeah, they're a little edgy. I like them. Yeah, because there's this, this this new one that came out yesterday. It was called No Service. That basically had uh, had Donald and Mickey in it, and uh, they're trying to buy buy food to go on a picnic with Daisy and and Minnie. And Goofy won't sell them any food because his restaurant because there's no shirt, no shoes, no service. And between the two of them, they're not wearing different parts of those. So <laughs> they decide one of them needs to wear all of it, and then and then chaos ensues. So that's a pretty, pretty good. Uh, that's cool because it's they're finally addressing the the burning question. Oh, yeah. All all I want is for that to end with. You know, Goofy walking off with you know Pluto walking on four feet and him walking on two feet. I think that's the other question. It's like, oh, yeah, that would be fun. what are dogs in that world? What is are they people or are they dogs? Is it a form of indentured servitude? What's going on? <laughs> well, it still weirds me out that when they have a shower scene, like they walk out of the shower and they've got a towel on, right? Yeah, and, they, and, they, and they get dressed the and then they, they they put a shirt on and then there's no then they have no pants. It's like what <laughs> is going on? This is so what weird. What are the rules, man? Because yeah. when my son used to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Donald would wear a bathing suit, and I was like, why is he wearing a bathing suit? We never wear shorts. To begin. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's just here's weird. a here's a Pixar uh, brain breaker is so in the first Toy Story. Buzz doesn't know he's a toy, right? 
Right. So what about all those times that Andy's playing with him or when people walk in the room and he shuts off? Does he decide to shut off or are do toys just shut off like by instinct? I think Lee, uh, Lee Unkrich mentioned that uh, it was by instinct. Okay. Hmm. Huh. There you go. There's another one to ponder. Brainbuster, yes. And then is Sully always <laughs> naked until he puts on the OK shirt? Or? Yeah. Is it just a jacket? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, any of those partial clothing worlds get you in a weird, weird spot. Yeah. Awesome. Well, as always, it was it was awesome to have you guys come on again and talk to you and to discuss the latest Pixar film. Yeah, I really appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Hey, Chris, Thanks when does uh, Pseudo come out? Uh, I think it's it's scheduled. Uh, well, Pseudo is kind of short for is uh, for the Toy Story of Terror short that I'm working on, um, and that I think they're trying to have that come out by Halloween. So nice. Be on the lookout oh, cool. for that. Yeah, Definitely you guys got to have Chris back on for that. We'll do. We'll schedule awesome. you right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we will cool. let you get to your, your Sunday evening and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great being here. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Right. Take care. Later, guys. Later. Right, guys that's our show for the day we want to thank austin madison and chris chua again for coming on the show don't forget you can follow us individually on twitter i'm at mark vibbert m-a-r-c-v-i-b-b-e-r-t and i'm at questpact q-u-e-s-t-p-a-c-t you can also follow the show at animated podcast and if you want to follow austin and chris on twitter as well follow austin at moonchaka which is m-u-n C-H-A-N-K-A. And then Chris is at Chris Chua 007, which is C-H-R-I-S-C-H-U-A 007. Uh, and then they also have their own respective blogs. Austin's is Austin Translation. And then Chris Chua's is The Real Chris Chua. So definitely check those out. We'll have those in the show notes on the website as well. Uh, and then if you guys want to email us, definitely do that you can email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com you can visit our website at animationfascination.wordpress.com and then you can like us on facebook and join the over 400 people that have already done so just by searching for animation fascination on there so i'm mark Fibbert for myself matt quest and our guests austin madison and chris Chua. thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time guys thanks have a good night. Bye right, later, Mark. Bye. Right, bye. That was awesome.
I barely see this guy anymore. I know. Austin is a betrayer to the cause. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've leveled up, man. What, what's, what's up, House Lannister? <laughs> no spoilers, no spoilers. So, here's the main topic for this episode, every guy. Uh, every guys. Oh, there, there's a... Wow. All right. That was a damn good intro. We're getting better. Yep. It only took us 47 episodes. <laughs> All right, guys. So that is our show for the day. We want to thank... Uh, damn it. <laughs>